We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, Lucky Lefty Podcast? I'm your boy Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. The Anor Boys are back in the building. It seems like we haven't been with you guys for a long time. We just did a show Friday. Left is coming on shortly, dealing with Lil Left. We have a special guest today coming up in about 25 minutes. Look forward to him joining us. We, as always, are brought to you by Anor Whiskey, anorwhiskey.com. It is that premium. American Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so responsibly. Um, it's a lot to get to. The battle lines at Notre Dame, battle lines around the entire country. I would like to say congratulations to all the incumbents. Hopefully this makes some type of change maybe specifically at the quarterback position. There are a lot of incumbents that are holding on to jobs or at least are making it a battle with other new incoming transfers at the same position around the country. And I'm I'm liking what I'm hearing. I'm liking what I'm hearing. Young men not running, not throwing in a towel, standing firm. They have an advantage. They've been in the system. Use that advantage, go out, practice, play your tail off, and make the other man earn it. And that seems to be happening around the country with Notre Dame and Ole Miss leading the way in those particulars. So it's just fantastic to see that with the portal opening just last week for football for the spring. I'm just really hopeful that some natural things are going to occur to kind of slow down what we've seen in the transfer portal, not only in football, but in basketball as well, right? Like stay, fight, most of all, get your degree, right? Get your degree. And then if you have two years of eligibility left to play, that's perfect. But most of all, the education should be at the forefront. Right, NCAA, right? <laughs> Apple Podcast, Spotify. Don't forget, subscribe on YouTube. Go ahead. That button at the bottom of the screen, 
Smash that. That's the like button. Helps with our views. CFE Nation and Conjunction for Irish break down all of our great content. Look, we give you audible, not audible edibles, but audio edibles, audible edibles too, each and every day right here. This is how we do it, Lucky Lefty Podcast, with a home and a misguided passion. You already know. We spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So go ahead, send me all your questions. We're going to get into the scrimmage. Second half of the show, we're going to strictly talk about what Marcus Freeman had to say about the scrimmage that took place in Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday. And let's start off talking about what we saw, right? I'm disappointed. This is why I'm disappointed. I love playoff basketball, playoff baseball. I love playoff hockey, which is, getting ready to, which is getting ready to start this week. And I rank that the number one playoffs in all the major sports, hockey, in my opinion. I just don't like injuries, man. Injuries have been a black eye on the NBA playoffs for at least the past four playoffs, not including the bubble. Not And it was a factor even in the bubble. 
And man, I you know, I'm all for maybe shortening the season. And they going above and beyond, like giving these guys days in between games and stretching out the schedule, things of that nature. I, man, it's up to the athletes to take care of themselves, man. And I know some of these injuries are freak injuries. Uh, the two falls yesterday, which were devastating falls for Giannis Antetokounmpo and also Ja Morant. I guess that's just what the – I mean, they both play hard, go to the cup hard. That's what happens sometimes when guys try to take charges on you. But it's just disappointing, man. It's just disappointing. I am totally excited. Game two tonight out in Sacktown, totally excited with this uh, Bay Area series between the Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Just love what I saw. If you can give me five to six games of that, I don't care who wins. That's just very entertaining basketball, high-level offensive basketball, not a lot of defense, but high-level skill, high-level guard play, high-level shooting, just high-level offensive basketball. It's very entertaining, very appeasing to the eye. It can bring a lot of not just NBA fans, but just your everyday uh, sports fans can enjoy a series like that. I mean, Boston, what they did to Atlanta, you know, what's to be expected. Philly's probably going to do the same thing in game two to Brooklyn. But, uh, look, that series, Golden State, and Sacramento takes me back to maybe like early 80s when you had Doug Moe and his Denver Nuggets and Showtime in L.A. and the Dallas Mavericks with Mark Aguirre, Rolando Blackman, Derek Harper, Roy Tarpley, and teams were just running up and down the court shooting 80% less three-pointers and scoring the same amount of points. Like, think about that. There were teams not taking advantage of the three-point arc but still putting up the same efficiency and the same amount of points in the game. So it's many ways to skin a cat, right? We talk about how <laughs> Lou Holtz running the ball the majority of the time still was able to put up just as many points as Brian Kelly and his offenses in the Brian Kelly era. So absolutely amazing. As I said before, left's going to be on shortly. We do have a special guest that's going to be joining us in about 18 minutes now, 18 minutes now, to talk about golfing with the legends. Notre Dame versus Navy 2023, August 21st through August the 28th, 2023. Come play three rounds of Seaside Golf with iconic Irish players and iconic Irish golf courses on a trip of a lifetime. Pricing and more information is at executiveglobaltours.com backslash Notre Dame executiveglobaltours.com backslash Notre Dame or at exec underscore tours and 914-979-2247 Golfing with the Legends over in Ireland, Notre Dame versus Navy 2023 non-golfing packages and golfing packages. Call them and let them know you're interested so you can get more information. Check it out. But other than that, you know, that was my uh, from the weekend, right? I'll leave it at that. Apollo 27, thank you for your comment. What's up, G. Roby? Yo, SD, Chicago getting crazy. You be careful, my brother. You and your family, be safe. Um, I don't know if you're talking about the weather, 
which is absolutely beautiful. I actually went to an outside uh, roof out there in the, in the burbs and watched basketball with my wife and had a nice lunch. It was 82 degrees for like three consecutive days. And then uh, yesterday it dropped down and it snowed only in Chicago. So you talk about the weather. Yeah. And other than that, I don't know anything else. I'm fine. Truman, thanks for Super Chat. Is it realistically possible for Kenny Minshew to play so good that he literally overthrows the other quarterbacks and wins the starting job? Has this scenario occurred in Notre Dame football? No, there is no way that Kenny Minshew is going to start <laughs> as a true freshman. Um, that would be inconsiderate of the young man as a coaching staff, especially with two established starters in the quarterback room. I would almost call that malpractice by the coaching staff if they were to put Kenny Minchie in that position in his uh, in his freshman year. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I agree with you, Jay Carr. Kings playoff games are electric. Haven't seen that in my lifetime. Hey, like the beam, right? Like the beam. That's the thing that they have when they win at home. They hit this button and lights up the lights up the beam outside which is pretty cool. So we're going to get to some other things on the other side. Like I said, with Marcus Freeman, I want to get to and break down this Lorenzo style situation because I feel like I can bring some clarity to the situation. A lot of people seem to be uh, confused and miffed by what's going on. And um, That's all. Just want to get some clarity to it. Because I thought Marcus Freeman, in my opinion, had an opportunity to give clarity. And he said some things that kind of left things a little little open, in my opinion, for interpretation. And um, want to get some clarity on that. So let's talk about what happened Saturday, right? One of the things that stood out, quarterback play, right? One of the things you heard is one of the things we said, right? I said in multiple practices that I viewed that it was a tug of war back and forth, right? The offense would dominate early. Offensive line would dominate early. And then the defensive line would come back and dominate. And then they would get into these battles at the end to see who would ultimately win the practice for the day. And so – that was right to the script, as Marcus Freeman talked about after the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, it was good for them to get into that stadium and kind of have a dress rehearsal before the actual blue and gold game coming up this weekend, which should be fantastic. Hopefully the weather will be decent, will be decent, right? I heard it was about 60 degrees this weekend on Friday and Saturday down the South Bend. So if it can stay around that 50, 60 degree range, that should be good enough. Now, if you want to get up to 80, Mother Nature, we would greatly appreciate that. <laughs> South Bend area coming up this weekend. 
But I think what you've seen from this 2023 team right now is that they are very much a team that can win multiple ways, right? What we've seen historically with Notre Dame, I would say over the last decade, is that their defense is good enough to keep them in games. And then the spotty offense against the mid-level, the bad teams, you know, would explode. And then better teams, they would kind of struggle, right? They would even struggle with teams of lesser competition or lesser teams, shall I say, at some point in some time. And we kind of saw that last year, right? First year of Marcus Freeman, Stanford, Marshall, offense struggles, Ohio State offense struggles, Cal first half offense struggles. Second half, they turn things around with the offensive line and the running game. And then they go on to North Carolina and put together one of their most complete games all season. I would compare the top three games, I think, would be North Carolina, Clemson, and Syracuse. You know, and I will leave it up to you guys, LL Nation. Out of those three games, which do you think was the most complete? Right? Because the first two and a half quarters of North Carolina was near flawless. And then all of a sudden, you know, the defense gave up some big plays and the game became much closer than it needed to be. You had the Clemson game where the defense just kind of dominated along with special teams. The offense did what they had to do, especially on the ground. They dominated up front. So you can say the Clemson game. And then the Syracuse game, I mean, you can't beat first play of the game, pick six. They got some help, special teams, blocked the punt, made some big pass plays. Michael Mayer had one. And the defense pretty much they gave up a little bit in the third quarter, but then they held on to win the game. In my opinion, those would be the three candidates for the most complete games of the year. But you move from that, and I think this staff expects much more. Now, this is the crazy thing, right? The staff can expect something. And I remember talking to Chris O'Leary last year before the season, and Chris O'Leary was talking about championship pedigree and championship expectations. And I said, does that come from you guys or does that come from the players? And he said, man, look, when you're talking about players that have been to multiple playoffs, they expect nothing less, right? So I believe the players within this program, there are still a few that have been a part of a playoff team going back to 20. But even after that, this team was pretty young. So with Marcus Freeman, there's a clean slate. And we talked about it, like the slate being murky a little bit because of coaches and things and different opinions and what happened with Al Washington and the defensive line room. You know, those are things that they just had to deal with in transition. We'll get to it in the second half where Marcus Freeman talks about things being much smoother and much easier with the coaching staff this year in his second year. And I think I talked about it last week. In my opinion, Marcus Freeman is much more comfortable in his skin as a head coach, much more comfortable in his skin as a head coach. So when you have that, you know, you have to feel good about how the staff is going to go ahead and move because they're moving 
with the flow that Marcus Freeman moves with. But I want to talk about that as well. We welcome in our guy. They're lucky lefty left. What's good, man? We here with it. We here with it. Always. So, you know, they had a scrimmage dress rehearsal Saturday. Okay. Was it a yeah, it was in the stadium. It was kind of a dress rehearsal. You actually were at the dress rehearsal. Last year. Last year, because the dress rehearsal last year was like the practice before. The day before the game, yeah. Right. It was kind of like that Thursday. Or was it? It was that Thursday, right? Friday. It was that Friday? Okay. No, no, no. One of them days. I thought it was that Thursday. Yeah. I thought they had the dress rehearsal that Thursday, and then they checked out, had a day off, and then came back and played on uh, Saturday. Mm. What's the benefit of having a dress rehearsal? Uh, just more practice. I mean, I just think for guys to be able to get in the stadium and, and you know, run around and take it all in, I think it was cool uh, for the young guys. For the older guys, you're just trying to get to the game. You know what? I watched a lot of spring games this weekend. There were a lot of veterans that did not play on other teams. Right. I'm talking about guys that, you know, practice during the spring – when they got to the spring game, it was like, no, you know, y'all good. Low management culture thing, you know how that goes. Yeah, you know how it is. Marcus Freeman in his second year, I don't think he's in that position to have a program that he's built up enough to where he can just tell guys, you know what? Nah, my starters, they don't need to play. We don't have any players that deserve to be like that, so – other than maybe sit, just sitting out Cam just because. Like, we Not don't even, even want him. Cam healthy, put him in there. Yeah, if he's healthy, put him in there. I agree. So, have some injury news. We want to say uh, someone that we had grown fond of and had looked forward to possibly having on during the season weekly. Uh, Virginia Tech wide receiver transfer, Caleb Smith, uh, had to medically retire football and uh, you know that's tough man I can't imagine transferring to a school and then battling injuries all spring to the point where you know you're staring you know your football mortality in the face as a young athlete like he's still a young man left he's still in his early 20s man having to stare you know his football mortality in the face uh, that's tough. My prayers go out to him and his fiance and all of their endeavors and whatever they're doing. And heck, if he walk if he walks away with it, uh with a master's from the University of Notre Dame, hey, it's a win it's a win win, even though he didn't win in a game of football. What uh what was the medical injury? Hey, they didn't get into the particulars. Was it depth chart? <laughs> I no, it wasn't that because he he did struggle with something early on, and we rarely saw him in practices. We hadn't seen him in practice for like a week, right? Remember, everybody was stressing about Prince Collie not being mm-hmm. in practice, like oh he's transferring, and finally Marcus Freeman released it on Saturday. He's been in you know concussion protocol, mm-hmm. right? Which is the same thing that another player 
which everybody was sweating for a while. He was in the same type of protocol. We just couldn't say anything about it. So when you go into percussion, concussion protocol right now in a big-time college program, you might as well say you're not going to see a kid for almost two weeks. This is all good content for Peacock because we should have known this. You know, we should have had some in, uh, inside info about Caleb Smith through Peacock, man. You know, they, they slipping on their on content opportunities. <laughs> I got Jay Henry as we get ready for our guest that's coming up in a few moments. SD, did any of the spring games impress you? Kyle McCord looked a little bit off, but it's early. Um, like I said, Ohio State didn't play a lot of their starters defensively. So, you know, you really couldn't tell. You know, they had a lot of their backups in at, up in the front seven. So, I'll tell you one thing, though. <laughs> that dude, Cardell Tate, is going to be a problem. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. He's running with the first group. It's him, Harrison, Abuka, and it's Abuka, Harrison, and Tate. They're the top three receivers. He's a true freshman. He's going to be a problem. The quarterback situation, I agree with you, Jay Henry. Neither one of the quarterbacks. Devin Brown didn't play due to injury. Right. And Kyle McCord just the, he, you left. You said it best. He's a step down from what they've had in the yeah, previous. Yeah, average dude. Yeah, I mean, one, it's hard to be able to get six, seven in a row generational talent quarterbacks. <laughs> so on a realistic level, it had to have ended at some point. Now, with Kyle McCord, he's just a guy that's as good in shirts and shorts, you know, but it's it's a it's the intangible it factor that you can't test on the field that you know if you got a dude or not. And he's just not that dude. He can be good, you know, a solid Big Ten quarterback, but he's not the generational first pick of the draft either. No. And I'm very interested in seeing how Ryan Day has always leaned on the generational talent at that position. How does that affect him now that he doesn't have that generational talent? at that position you know does he lean more on the running backs you know even though he's without his two big tackles that are getting ready to walk across the stage and shake roger goodell's hands and enter into the nfl it's gonna be very interesting to see how he approaches this season especially offensively yeah it's gonna be important obviously for ryan data to know how to coach i mean you know it's easy to coach and tell a guy who's already very uh, equipped and talented and, and kind of ready-made for you. But now you're going to actually have to coach a guy from average to above average or at least to the play or production of the quarterbacks that you've had before. And that's going to involve intently focusing on what he does well. You can't just throw plays out there and expect him to make uh, beans in the red, beans and rice. He's got to be able to uh, – curate the offense to exactly what Kyle's great at. And, you know, you can have some variations off of that, but more than likely you're in a position where, you know, those 39s, he's got to create, you know, extra time and maybe run around or have to make a really good throw that we can't defend. 
I don't think he's going to have that as a, a plethora um, like he had before. In terms of just quarterback and playmaking at that position, I think he's more of in line with a Sam Hartman or or, or um, a Drew Pine where you're just keeping the team together, using the talent around you. But, you know, the difference between teams like what Kyle McCord has and a C.J. Stroud-led offense or a Braxton Miller-led offense or a Justin Field-led offense is that, you know, you could take Kyle McCord off the field Ohio State will still probably have the same record. You put take C.J. Stroud off Ohio State, you know, they may lose three or four games. So I think that's the difference between uh, Ohio State now and then is that obviously they're talented and you'll see more of the talent that they recruit. But from a uh, an X factor, they don't have that at the quarterback position. I think we have a better chance of uh, – playing at a higher level and, and, and giving more production in our quarterback room than Ohio State has out of Kyle McCord. So um, that's why I think if it's any year to get Ohio State, this is the year to do it. Uh, we currently have a better quarterback room than they have, uh, at least a healthier one. And, uh, you know, this is the, the the opportunity for Ryan Day to get over that urban hump, you know, because I think for him – to have his own legacy be established. I think this is the year for him to really make that case for being a, a coach not born on third base, but unfortunately, you know, he's got to play uh, Notre Dame in, in, in the four weeks of the first half of the season, and it's not going to look good for him. Well, left, you know, you're going to have the opportunity to get over the hump yourself as you break your bones getting in the bag over there on the greens out there on the left coast as you prepare to go to Ireland with other Notre Dame legends. Notre Dame versus Navy 2023, August 21st through August 28th. Man, three rounds of seaside golf with iconic Irish players and iconic golf courses in Ireland. It's a trip of a lifetime, man. You guys should check it out. For more information, go to Exec Tours. That's executiveglobaltours.com backslash Notre Dame at exec underscore tours on social media, and then call them, 914-979-2247. They have non-golfing packages, golfing packages, and I'm going to go ahead and say that left is going to uh, probably lose on average about six to seven balls per course. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, yeah, that's my prediction. Left is going to lose about six to seven balls <laughs> per course, and I don't know if he breaks 120. I'm sorry. I have to be. I have to. I have to tell oh, the truth. Yeah, no, probably worse than that. <laughs> and to come and talk about that, along with other things, we bring on you know one of Left's favorite man. Anytime I talk to Left about teammates, he always brings up this guy, and he always tells me like, "Yo, if it wasn't for injuries, this dude would have been one of them ones at Notre Dame." You could call. He has a great pod, great podcast, the Varsity House podcast. Former Notre Dame defensive back Sean Crawford, welcome in to the Lucky Lefty podcast. Hey, how's it going? I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I talked to Malik about this, you know, several times, so I'm definitely excited to be on. And I appreciate, you know, you reaching out as well, Sean, to to have me on and uh, to talk. You know, obviously, you know, Ireland game, the Executive Golf uh, Global Tours, but then also, uh, you know, talk some football and chop it up with my guy Malik. So, Sean. When you talk about, we talked to 
a couple of guys already. <laughs> and they said, uh, there's some older players, and they said it's more competitive on the golf course than it was when they were actually on the practice field at Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. what are you looking forward to with this event with such great legends as yourself over in Ireland? What's the one thing you're looking forward to? Uh, honestly, it's just networking, you know, and, and being able to be around those guys, you know, for what is it, seven days, you know, six nights. Yeah. Um, you talk about Belfast, Dublin, and then obviously finish the game, you know, off, you know, in Ireland. But just to have that opportunity to be around those guys, um, you know, all day and to, to chop it up to whether it be about golf, whether it be about Notre Dame football, business, anything like that. That's the opportunity that, you know, an opportunity of a lifetime that I'm looking forward to, because obviously at Notre Dame, you know, it was it was probably majority football school and then the relationships that you have with your teammates. And so I feel like this is a time to, you know, extend the network of Notre Dame that, you know, that I am not familiar with to where obviously there's guys, you know, like Brady Quinn or um guys who maybe are a little bit older than me or fresh out you know are fresh out now that I keep in touch with but guys who were you know who played in the 90s who played in the 80s um I don't have you know great relationships with them and so I think this would be a great opportunity to you know sit down chop it up with them and then also see if I could you know drive a little bit further than them a a little bit (laughs) so how is your game right now what's in your bag that's something we asked all I guess What's your driver looking like? What what type of driver are you using right now? I got a Callaway. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, uh, I've had a, I've had a set um, for probably about two years. I don't get out often now. Like I, it's a good thing that my my brother he golfs a ton. Like as, as anytime the weather you know is good and good to him is like 40 degrees. So anytime he can get out there and the course is open, he goes. So. Uh, especially like leading up to it, these next couple months, I'm I'm gonna be out there with him. He's gonna be te- he's gonna be teaching me a couple things uh, because I, I told myself I can't go out there and embarrass myself. I got I, I gotta yes. at least yeah, I, I, I I gotta at least if you know if 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 they if they're being competitive, you know, talking a little trash, then I got I gotta be able to you know to to go out there and and, and maybe come up with a with a great hit or a great you know great hole. So uh, I'm excited about it. I've I've been practicing. I I gotta work on my short game for sure. Um, you know, putting is very frustrating right now. And I'm, I'm assuming that the, the greens out there yeah. are going to be top, top notch greens that I, you know, haven't played on before. So definitely got to, uh, it's, it's going to be, I'm going to definitely have to adjust, but I'm going to definitely have to, you know, continue to prep before I get out there. I see. I want to tap into your mind, man, because I'm, I was a baseball player when I started playing. It's funny because you Michigan guys, it's so amazing how Michigan guys get into golf left. Like my cousin, who played college uh, golf for Tennessee State. I followed him around as a kid when he was playing in Michigan. He used to play tournaments, Jackson, Lansing, everything. So I would kind of caddy for him around the summertime. And then I finally caught the bug when I got to about 19, 20 and started playing myself. And as an athlete, you feel like you can hit this little ball as like 400 yards with ease, right? Like, man, I can hit this as far as I want to, right? (laughs) But there's so much technique and there's so much allowing the clubs to do what they're created to do and designed to do that if you do that, the game becomes so much easier. But he just talked about something. That darn putting green, man. (laughs) Man, because you can get up to the green in two or three strokes and then you just go back and forth across this hole like five times and you just blew your entire hole up. That's how fresh. What's the most frustrating thing for you as a competitor? 
that kind of humbles you when it comes to golf? Is it strictly the putting? Honestly, it's, it's, it's walking out there and athleticism not being, you know, mm. not being that important. Um, because, I, like, growing up, I played I, – I ran track, played football, played basketball. And it was like I was pretty much always, you know, one of the most athletic guys out there. So I stood a chance uh-huh. to where now it's, it's the opposite. It's, it's all skill. So if, you know, I, I could be playing with, you know, a, a guy who's maybe in his 60s or in his 70s and, he, and he's out there just – whooping me uh drive you know short game putt everything and i'm like man like so i i think that's the, the most frustrating part because you really the only way to get better at it is is consistency you got to practice it and i and and as and you talk about you know that's that's humbling for me for just me probably any athlete who's starting to play golf because you got to keep going you got to you got to work through you know the bad hits. You got to work through some, 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 some. Uh, what are they called? What are they called? Some, some miss hits. You got to work. You got to work, work through all that stuff. And so, it could be frustrating because for you know athletes like maybe like me and Malik to where you pick up you you pick up another sport and it comes easy to you. This sport is like yeah you may you may be a you may be a natural driver and things like that, but that that's only like you know a one fourth of the game. So. It's it's definitely humbling. It's a it's a humbling experience, you know. When, whenever I go out on the course, but uh, I try to keep that in mind that like you know, the more I come out here, the better I'm gonna get. I just got I just got to keep at it and, and you know, and not get frustrated when you know I am playing terrible. Lucky Lefty Podcast, our special guest Sean Crawford. Don't forget golfing with the legends, Notre Dame, the Navy, 2023, August 21st through the 28th, 2023. Three rounds of golf with legends at iconic Irish golf courses. Go to executiveglobaltours.com backslash Notre Dame or give them a call at 914-979-2247. Social media at exec underscore tours. Non-golfing packages are there as well as golfing packages. Give them a call. Check them out for all of the information that you might be needing to make a decision to go check it out. Hey, it's a chance of a lifetime to play golf with Notre Dame legends. Go ahead, Left. You're about to- yeah, that's pretty exciting, though, to be able to to go out the country to do this. Now, you weren't in the game last time they was out in Ireland. Where you are you? Were you coming in? I can't remember. No, yeah, you no, I wasn't. I weren't there. I wasn't there. Have you have you got a chance to be outside the country? Is your passport filled up yet or what? I know you travel <laughs> a lot around in country doing a lot of yeah. podcasts, but out of country, something different. Yeah, so I, I've I've been definitely been out of the country. Um, not not for a trip like this, and not for you know maybe just the extent like this. Um, and also just the opportunities, it was just like spring break stuff, uh, or just like, uh, just leisure stuff, anything like that. But I mean, I kind of, you know, make seem like this is both, you know, it's an opportunity to, to network for business, but it's also an opportunity to, to see new sites, you know, um, to, to be around Irish fans, to be around, you know, uh, Irish legends that, that went through this same thing that we went through. And so I think this is a great opportunity. We were actually supposed to go to Ireland in 2020 to play Navy, but that was the COVID year. And so we ended up, you know, obviously canceling all that. So uh, I am glad that it came around again and I'm, and I'm actually going to get to go this time, but uh, yeah, I missed it last time just cause, just cause of COVID. And you know, what's so interesting is that, you know, you get done playing the sport where you put so much into it on a football level, but networking becomes the next sport for you. How have you found, creative ways to get into that network because it's, it's 
we say it's the four for 40, but it's not as easy as just picking up the phone. You got to kind of get some motion before you get into that uh, sport mm-hmm. of networking. I mean, this is even an opportunity. Join the island and network. I mean, you got to do what you do. Yeah. No, and, and that's as we talked about before when we were talking about golf, you know, humbling yourself. And I think that's a huge thing, you know, when it comes to networking. Uh, especially for me, because I felt like, obviously, as a player, everyone wants to connect with you. Everyone's reaching out to you, whether it's emails, DMs, text messages, phone calls, any any type of way they're reaching out to you. You know, and now that you're not a player, it's like, well, you don't have, you know, the football going for you. So it's like now how can you, you know, become um, a value to someone to network? You don't want to just be like, hey, I'm a, you know, a Notre Dame grad, play football. But it's like now what can you offer? What's your skill set? And so, you know, obviously the, the amount of time that we spend, you know, working on our craft, perfecting our craft, that football internships were, uh, the, the time form was, was very little. And so uh, creating motion, like you mentioned, is, is definitely, I think, the first thing that you, you got to do. Find, find out what you want to get into, uh, what field you want to get into, and kind of, you know, show that drive, show that passion that you've had, you know, in football and athletics, all, you know, all the way up and create some steam, but then also, don't be afraid to ask, you know, if, if there is someone, you know, in that field that, 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 you know, is a Notre Dame grad or that you are connected to, uh, to through Notre Dame, don't be afraid to ask. And that was something that I had to learn. That was something I had to like get over is sending that text message, shooting that DM. Um, I remember I I had to shoot a DM to Brady Quinn. That was the first time we kind of really talked to each other. It was like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I do a podcast. I would love to have you on. And I was like, I played at Notre Dame. I don't know if you remember me, anything like that. And, the conversation was very easy, you know, after that point. Um, but the the hardest part, I think, right there was just getting over that hump and asking and, and doing things like that. Because once you do, you realize that everyone wants to help you. Um, and especially if, if they see that you're committed, they see that you got something going, uh, good going for you. I think, you know, they, they're going to do anything that they can to help you. And so uh, and that's pretty much how this you know opportunity came about. Uh, I saw you were posting about it. And I was like, I was like, what? I was like, what? I said, like, what's going on over there? What, what's, what's that? So I shot, you, I shot, I shot you a text. Yeah, I, see, you, you got me. So you know, just, just the promotion that you was doing. I was like, dang, how, how could I be a part of this? And so, um, but I, I mean, that's, that's, that's just Notre Dame too. Like, how many, how many schools get this opportunity to go out there and be a part of, you know, be a part of this and executive global tours, you know, one and attached, you know, to Notre Dame. And I think that's key too. So. Um, the, the, the sport of networking is, is a long one. There's, there's obviously no guarantees on a deal or anything that comes from it. But I think, you know, what, what I've learned, you know, since being done with football is that relationships mean a ton. And so it's definitely a way just to, to build those relationships and to make new ones. You talk about the relationship that you have that was evident, you know, when you launched the varsity house. And I think that's what I want to start with the varsity house podcast. And how did it come about, like, within the creative of Sean Crawford? At what point did you feel like this is what I want to do, this is what I want to pursue? And then the relationship that you had, of course, with Brian Kelly recruiting you and bringing you to Notre Dame, while also still being active around the campus and around the program, you know, knowing Marcus Freeman and speaking to him and talking about that networking, you know, how do you feel like that brotherhood is going to continue to grow with a lot of players feeling like now, they're coming back and getting closer to the program through Marcus Freeman and his efforts. Just talk about that, you know, how you start the podcast and just going from the relationship with Brian Kelly 
into the relationship you have with the program now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I, I talked about the uh, the COVID year a little bit, and you know, during that year, we had a lot of free time, you know, as students, as student athletes, because we were home for that second semester. We were home a little bit for the summer as well. And there wasn't a lot of sports going on, like live sports going on. And so during that time, it was it was big. I was really big on podcasts, whether it be, you know, I Am Athlete, you know, Million Dollars Worth of Game, Nelk, or any uh, Colin Cowards, all, all those type of podcasts I was pretty big on. And so even when I got to school, you know, when we finally got back to school that year, I, I bought a camera, I did all that, and I was like, uh, I'm going to hold off on it just because I wanted to lock in on football. It's just I didn't I didn't understand the technical, all, you know, all of the video edit and everything that it took. And so I put it off, you know, and obviously wanted to, to lock in on football, chase the, the dream of the NFL. Um, was fortunate enough to have an opportunity with the Raiders, was there with them all the way through the summer um, into preseason. And then then I was released. And so uh, during that time, I would go back to Notre Dame and I would train. Um, and this is kind of how the relationship with Coach Freeman started is. Uh, for being from Cleveland, um, obviously, you know, during those October, November, December months, it's hard to to find, you know, an indoor field or to find good weather to, you know, train and things like that. So Coach Bayless, uh, um, Coach Kelly, uh, Coach Freeman, they all, you know, opened up their, you know, facilities to me and let me come there to train and, and do things like that. And so that was kind of how the relationship with Coach Freeman started. Um, but you know, obviously after the season, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get picked up any, picked up by anybody. I didn't have any phone calls and things like that. And so I started to think now, you know, USFL is coming, XFL is coming. I could, I can continue to chase this dream, but you know, if you know my history with like with football at Notre Dame, I had two ACL injuries. I had an Achilles injury. I had a dislocated elbow. Like for me to, for honestly, for me to play football, it would have had to be the NFL. It would have had to be like the highest level with that for me to you know continue to put my body through that and uh to continue to continue that route and so it didn't that didn't look too promising so I was like what's something that I could do you know on my own to kind of build my brand tell stories um connect with different people and that was the podcast and so I completely just went for it I didn't under like I said I didn't understand like the whole editing I didn't understand the post-production part of things at all um, but I just went after it and, uh, I, I made three phone calls to first start off the podcast and it was, uh, one to coach Freeman, one to coach Kelly, and then one to coach Lee. And so coach uh, Clark Lee at, um, Vanderbilt. So, and I figured I was like, if I'm going to do a podcast, I, I, I don't want to start it off with like five views. And so that would just like be, uh, it, it would just hurt my confidence a little bit. I, I feel like, I feel like anything I always had to do, I feel like I had to do it at the highest level. I had to go all out. And so. Uh, when those when those three coaches say yeah, um, I, it was no turning back at that point. Uh, it was it was kind of just to you know, go for it, see if see how these episodes do, um, see if they you know make an impact, see if they touch anybody, and then from there I'll continue to see. So I'll continue to go if I like it. And so we did those episodes, and uh, Notre Dame the Notre Dame fan base re, you know received those very well. Uh, the Notre Dame uh, reporters they kind of wrote some articles on it and it went well. And then same with, you know, Vanderbilt and then also uh, Coach Kelly. Like, so we got a ton of traction. We got a, we got great views on YouTube. And honestly, I was like surprised. And I was like, wow, like people enjoy this stuff. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed connecting with these coaches on a, on a different level now to where it was before. It was just like it was it was coach to player. You know, it, it was the, conver- the, the conversations that we had were maybe weren't as deep, maybe weren't as personal. 
Uh, well, now it's like I kind of get the stories of, you know, of these coaches, of these people to where, you know, to make them like, who, why, why are they, you know, who they are? You know, what, what makes them tick? Like, how did they get to where they are going? And so, you know, one thing about Coach Freeman is he said he wanted to be a firefighter. And, you know, that's something that I had no idea he wanted to do. And but it was centered around the whole team aspect, the leadership aspect, you know, accomplishing a goal together. Um, and so that obviously that that leads to coaching as well. So just finding out little things like that, um, you know, kept my interest in it. And then I thank those coaches, you know, to this day for just, you know, getting me started and allowing me to get some, you know, confidence in myself, get some credibility going forward. But and then the relationship with Coach Freeman, it was like I still uh, I played for Coach Makins while I was there. So new coach Makins, new coach Freeman a little bit just from going back to train and then always just stopping in. They let me come to meetings, um, talk to the guys, be around practice, things like that. And so uh, that relationship was, you know, pretty easy to form. And I think now, I mean, you see it even last year's spring game, they brought a bunch of people back. Um, you know, guys were happy. Guys were excited to be there. And so I'm excited where the program's going. I, you know, all the players, the current players there love Coach Freeman now. They, you know, I hear only great things about him. And so I think, you know, as the, the more we can get, you know, some uh, some some Notre Dame legends back, I think that'll help with recruiting, that'll help with our current players there. And then also it'll help with, you know, for, like their uh, freshly former players um, like myself, you know, getting out, of, you know, finding a, a new lane to connect with those guys will help as well. Like the tentacles of the podcast, though, because I remember when you launched it, and I'm like, man, okay, I'm interested in seeing where Sean takes this. And I saw the first three interviews, then I saw you go to the Cleveland guys, and I'm like, okay, okay, so this is not going to be centric or centered around just Notre Dame. I'm like, yo, he's really expanding himself. And I'm still interested in, at the core, what it is that you want long term and where you see yourself let's say two three years from now in this broadcasting game mm. yeah i think at the core the, the for me it started off as wanting to tell stories wanted, wanted to to dive into uh the mindset the mentality and just you know the upbringing and the growth of people and and that was just you know from my personal experience i went on a friend's uh podcast called stronger scars um, Bailey Cartwright, she was a soccer player at Notre Dame, and she gave me the opportunity to, for the first time, to tell my story, you know, all the, the adversity that I've been through um, at Notre Dame. She allowed me to, she allowed me to go on her podcast and do that. And so that was for the first, that was the first time I talked about it and I loved it. And so with that in mind, I was like, okay, now I want to, I want to take that approach and go, you know, take that same approach with my, with my podcast. And so that's just that's the 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 center of it. That's you know that's the the background of it, and I kind of didn't want to you know be tied down to Notre Dame. I think obviously I think the the growth there could have been great, um, but I just feel like I I feel like I would just be limiting myself with the network that I have, and being able just to to go to the Cleveland Browns guys to to have some Ravens guys on to to even having the mayor of Cleveland on to you know, Manti to whoever, like Darius Garland for the Cavs, like to have, having all those guys on, it's, 
it's allowed me just to, to touch different networks, to touch different spaces, but also learn, um, you know, different routes to where they are, to where it's like, for example, the mayor of Cleveland, Justin Bibb, grew up a, a sports fan, grew up playing sports, grew up uh, playing basketball, dream was to go to the NBA. Um, and now just because he's not a professional athlete, I don't think his, I think his story is, is more, you know, interesting um for 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 you know to, for athletes who um who who listen to the podcast or fan of sports who listen to the podcast because you see a guy who whose dream was to go to the nfl who's 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 who watched you know nba who watched nfl all this stuff growing up towards like he made a career path and that's something that i'm doing or it's a career change and that's something that i'm doing now so hearing that and just how he gained confidence and knowing where you know what he was supposed to do and uh what he was doing was right uh, I think, you know, it, it reaches further than just a sports fan, but just, you know, just a, a, a fan of just who Justin Bibb, but also a fan of, uh, you know, stories and, and growth and development. So two years from now, I, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. I think I think I just continue to just level up to, you know, maybe from the guests, I level up as a as a host, um, you know, our studios, our production, all that stuff just start to level up and see, just see how far we could get, see how many, you know, see who we can get, um, see what type of stories we can tell and, and kind of just, you know, go from there. But I want to stick around, you know, uh, mainly sports, but if, if we can dip and dab, I try to, if we get someone outside of sports, like, you know, politics or influence or anything like that, try to always relate it back to sports. Well, you got the mayor. So, I mean, that, that definitely helps, um, <laughs> you know, but I do think though, your, your take on journalism, has it, has that passion or interviewing journalism sort of thing grown to the level of what you love football like? Has it been this, have you found that same love? You know, they talk about a lot. You're not going to find something as entertaining or as fulfilling as the, the, the process of what football gives you. But has journalism in this way been that for you? It's, it's been challenging just because, um, with journalism, I feel like you have to be a little bit. And so from an athlete standpoint, it's like, you you know the work you put in, you know, like you don't really critique, you know, things like that. I feel like with journalism is, I, I try not to critique just because it's like, even if I like see a player, like NBA playoffs, for example, like the Cavs are on right now. And I think they play terrible. Like I would love to go out there and just like, <laughs> man, like just, just like talk trash. But like, I feel like the athlete in me it's like, nah, like, I mean, it happens, just just wait it out. But then also it's like, I would love to have these guys on, you know, on the podcast. So it's like, I can't, you know, overstep any boundaries or, you know, things like that. So it's it's been challenging for me, honestly. And I'm, I think I'm starting to get into it more, just even like on social media, like starting to tweet more, like starting to tweet more, just like my opinions on a game or on a play or anything like that. Whereas before it was just like I didn't I didn't say anything on Twitter. It was like I just I just reacted to things I just liked and retweeted. But I I do think I've you know I'm starting to pick up that same passion because even when like I look out I'm a perfectionist. I feel like in everything and I everything I do. But how I would stay up to watch film or how I would get up at six a.m. for a lift, I feel like I still have that same type of drive when it comes to you know editing a video or making sure it gets out on time or. Uh, locking in the guests, like getting excited, you know, once the episode is over, I think it's going to be good. And so I think there's little, there's been little flashes of that. And now it's just, you know, just keep just being consistent with it 
and honestly the feedback from the fans from the people who support uh help as well for sure it's now that you're doing it is there any question you wouldn't ask you know sometimes athlete to athlete you don't want to ask the, the tough questions are you asking tough questions like you should have to coach kelly <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna be honest, man. I, tell, I, 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 every, every interview I, that I've had, I've always asked, "Is there any question that you, or is there anything you don't want to talk about?" Because I don't want to be the, and I don't want to be the Brandon. Marshall. Here? I don't. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to be the Brandon Marshall, um, who's, who maybe have some messy stuff, some you know, some some messy topics come out. And, you know, and obviously it makes for great content for sure. It's clickbait stuff for sure. And, but somebody that I look up to in the industry for sure is Ryan Clark. And that's someone that we've been able to have on a podcast and someone that I've just been able just to learn from and throw ideas at and things like that. And I love his approach to where it's all about, you know, diving into the person and, and, and getting them their authentic selves to, because a bunch of, or we could, if, if we need to touch on a topic that's, you know, maybe a rumor or anything like that, wording it to where they feel comfortable, you know, talking about it and making the environment comfortable. But that's just one, one, of, one of the things that like I pride myself on. I don't want to, certain, it depends on a person too. Like if it was like Wu or Coach Kelly, I, I feel like I'm comfortable now to ask the tough questions. And I feel like they know me enough to, you know, answer those and, and know that it's, you know, not any hard feelings, but Sometimes when I do a podcast, it's the first time me meeting a guy. And I, you know, I don't want to ruin that relationship right off rip just by asking him, like, so why'd you, you know, it's like just something crazy, you know. Before we switch gears to Notre Dame football, give me your top three podcasts right now. The Lucky the Left three. Podcast. We, we throw the Lucky Left Podcast. Hey, that's what's there. up. No order, no order. We're going to throw the Lucky Left Podcast on there. I won't count mine, but uh, I, I love the pivot. And I really, I don't know if you consider this a podcast, but it, it is what it is with um, Cameron, Cameron and, and Mace. Uh, and Mace. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if you consider that a podcast right now or a show or whatever that's it is, something. but it's, 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 it's climbing. It's, it's definitely climbing on my favorite. Like they, because what is it? That's what it is. I mean, <laughs> they talk, they talk legit sports topics. But right. they like they they unfiltered it's a rapper's view of a sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like barbershop, like rated R, like top like type uh, topics or top conversations, and so that's those. I would I would say those three for sure. So yeah, let's say you had let's say he had the opportunity. Wait a minute, I have to get this from him. Let's say you had the opportunity to go studio with Varsity House and to put together a cast. Right. Give give me the three Notre Dame players. Yeah, who's your that shot? Would, that would join you. Yeah, yeah. Give me the three Notre Dame <laughs> players that would join you that would make the best podcast. Ooh. I feel I I Malik would be on there. Malik would definitely be on there because Malik. I I think we could have like the funny conversations, but Malik Malik also brings that QB perspective. Um, that's respected. He understands the game from, you know, obviously from a QB's point of view, um, at a high level, he's played a division one quarterback. Um, so I feel like that having that insight would be great. Um, I, I, I need, I need a, I need a, a wild card. I might go Tavon. 
just because. <laughs> Just be you now, like Tay Tayvon would be like Tayvon on there. No, no, no. Tayvon would Tayvon would be on there because he he's he's the wild card. He's he he's going he's, he's 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 going to relate to the average sports fan, uh, like yeah. uncle, cousin. Like he's going to he's going to relate to the to the average person, and he's going to make everybody on set laugh. Now, <laughs> we go, we go, we're gonna have to like reel him back in for sure, but I, I feel like he would be on there. And then yeah. um I'm trying to think who would be the last one. Man, Notre Dame has many great personalities. That's what I'm yeah. I know, this is just like from the time that I was there, but uh I don't even uh this is that's a, the last one is a tough one. I don't even know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. one. It's a tough one. I, I don't I don't even maybe make that a rotational player. Make it yeah, yeah. It it'll be it'll be rotation. I will I will rotate it. I will ro- definitely rotate it with like Cole Luke would be in a rotation. <laughs> Kavari Kavari would be in a rotation. Uh oh, I'm trying man. to think. Dex it, would be in a rotation. It, like <laughs> we have some guys for sure. Yeah, it's it's that's that's a tough one. Like even like Chris Fink, I think will be in there. I think Chris Fink will be Evie funny. Fox be great. Evie Fox. Yeah. So I it's that that's hard, but I, I would definitely, you know, first two Malik and Tavon would definitely be in there. And then we'll rotate that third that uh that fourth seat for sure. So the number 20, we know it was special when you were wearing it. But there's another guy at Notre Dame wearing it now that most seem to feel like moving forward he's gonna end up being one of the best ones to ever come through the university at that position. What do you think makes Benjamin Morrison? special at this point mm-hmm. i think just the confidence he plays with and you know to, to play to play the amount of man that they played last year and to have the, the interceptions that he had in man that's a ton of confidence because usually you know in man coverage you like to just you know play the receiver's hands you like to just play the ball things like that just get the bd get win the down things like that but ben you know last year he was turning around going up high pointing the ball and, and coming down with it and so I think, you know, obviously, and that talks to his skill set too. You know, a lot of people, a lot of fans say, turn around, the ball's there. It's it, it's not that easy for it's a DB. Like, <laughs> it's not that it's not that easy for a DB when you run you run in face to face with a guy <laughs> and you gotta turn around, find a ball in the air, and yeah, hope that it's not right over your shoulder and the receiver is catching it. So for Ben to be able to do that and at the level that he did it at, um, and obviously, you know, in some of the big, the, obviously the Clemson game, things like that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think his confidence is, is you know, what keeps him on the field, but his skill set is, what, is what's going to just, uh, you know, take him to the next level. And, you know, being a freshman, you know, I think Coach Bayless is obviously going to, uh, you know, obviously, you know, build his, build his body out, get him stronger, get him faster, things like that. So, um, you know, as long as he just he stays humble, which I think he will. He comes from a great family. Um, you know, Christian Christian man, uh, great kid. Uh, I, I I think the sky's the limit for him. You know, obviously, as long as he stays healthy, I'm I'm definitely excited to see it. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I pass I pass twenty down to him. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm talking about me, I, I'm ta- yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like yeah, so. You know, the next person who wear twenty, it, it, you can't just be passing out twenty now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, hope, but that's gonna be that's. I, I feel like I I had a good career, but you know, obviously he he's doing his thing. He still has more years to go, but 
it'll be exciting with what, what he what what he can do. And I just hope you know, obviously, he finished his career in number twenty because at the end of the day, it's now it's a reason for me to continue to post. It's a reason for me to continue to you know talk okay, stuff like yeah number, number number twenty yeah like I can talk I can talk trash about yeah number twenty from Notre Dame like it's That's it's right. a twenty thing like things like that so it's 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 fun it's fun to see him out there doing his thing. So left low in our conversation, Sean. By the way, it's cool to have another Sean on the podcast that his mom actually spelled it with a U, just like my mom. Yeah, the, the, correct the, the correct way. The correct way. Exactly. The only, the only exactly. way. The only way to spell it. The only way to spell it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Left has been saying, "We got it, man. It has to be this year. Like, we don't get Ohio State this year. Like, come on, man. Like, it has to be this year. You guys, yeah, you two are the, you're the Ohio boys. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel the same way? Like, look, they walk into Notre Dame Stadium. It's not the first game of the season. You should have enough reps under your belt." After the first three games, the quarterback situation is in our favor. Is is this almost a must program win, in your opinion, with Ohio State coming into Notre Dame Stadium? I would say, I mean, I would say so, of course. Um just because it, it does it it does a it does a lot for Coach Freeman. It does a lot for recruiting as well. Um, and I, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's it's a must win though, just because I think we could, if we end up do losing it, we still our our chances for the playoffs and things like that are still there. Um, but I would say like a a win would take us to the next level, um, as a as a program, sort of like when we beat Clemson, it was when we beat Clemson twenty twenty at home, it was one of those things that it was like a weight off of our shoulders. Like it, it just seemed like, okay, like Notre Dame won the big game. Um, and it was, it was just, it's, it's not something that like we focus on inside the building, but just like, it's just peace of mind, honestly, uh, for the fan base, you know, for alum. Um, and then it just, it get, it builds confidence throughout the group. But I think, you know, if you want to say it's a must win and I would call it a must, if I'd had to call it a must win, I would say just because, it'll set the foundation for us going forward. You know, when we have a Stanford, when we have USC, when we have Clemson, we could always refer back to that Ohio State game. Like we got it done versus Ohio State. This was a great team. We beat them. Now let's just continue to build on this. Like we're, we're used to this type of game. We've like, and so I think looking at, at, the, at it at that point to where it's like, yo, we just beat a great team in Ohio State. Now we got, I think USC is that next week or I think it's the bye week and then they play them. But coming off a win into USC is completely different confidence than, you know, coming off of a loss into into USC. And so I would say it's a must win for that reason, because I do think if we could get that win against Ohio State, I think we go into USC like, okay, we just beat Ohio State. We're not even thinking about We're not worried about USC. It's another opponent. Um, And then we got Clemson later. Like we beat Clemson last year. We know we could beat them. So things like that, I would say it's a must win, but obviously for playoffs and, um, you know, season the the end of the season. I don't think it's a must win in that situation, but it will look good uh, personally. Just so I could talk trash. I mean, I went to the game last year. It was it was a fun game. I thought I feel like we had them. Um, you know, obviously in that first half, maybe just maybe a bad defensive call where they got that. Uh, I think it was a, like a skinny post over the middle for a touchdown. Um, I think that really turned the game. But you know, now we got a year under you know Coach Golden. 
We got, uh, you know, Morrison, obviously, he's, he's kind of he, – he has some reps now. DJ Brown came back, a, a veteran. Um, so I'm excited to see. And then also Sam Hartman. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I know Malik, we've, we had a long conversation uh, leading up to the, the Ohio State game over the phone. It was like maybe a two-hour conversation. And I was right. I was right. But I do think our quarterback situation will be better. I do think our quarterback situation will be better this year. <laughs> Wait a minute. You said Sean said, thought they were going to get blown out? So I thought he was going to get blown out because he said that they had a way better quarterback than us. I'm like, listen, we're not going to let him just throw for 5 million yards either. Like, so he had a huge debate about that because he said, because I was like, because I was like, I was like, give me the points or something. He's like, no, I don't want to give you the points. He wanted straight up. I'm like, straight up? Why are you So we had a whole thing about it. So, But see, we always bet, our bet was that we didn't believe Ryan Day was disciplined enough. Mm-hmm. Right? We knew Notre Dame would come out to stop the pass. And we said, man, we don't think no they would ever commit to the run. Yeah, and they didn't. didn't. They didn't until the end of the game. And once they committed to the run, that's when they started right. moving the ball. So for mm-hmm. me, it's all about we kind of. What do you think about this? Before you came on, we said this is probably going to be a true telltale season for Ryan Day because this would be the first time in a long time he doesn't have that generational quarterback mm-hmm. that he's used to having. Like, he has some good quarterbacks, but he doesn't have the Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud level of quarterback now. You know, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, I think I, I think this is – now, this is a must. I, I think Ryan Day could be in this last year. Um, mm-hmm. If – forget the Notre Dame game. I think it's the Michigan game. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't come out on top of, in that game – they go those those fans. They they tired. I mean, just hearing about it, it's like, and he only lost two. But I do think like like he's having some, he's going to have some late nights this year, um, prepping and you know get and getting the guys ready. You know, obviously they got talent on the outside at, at the receiver position. They got returning talent in the backfield. They they're losing some you know great offensive linemen um, in the draft this year. But you know, there's just Ohio State. They're going to reload. They're going to have talent. Um, and, you know, having a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. at receiver does help out of, you know, a, a new court, new starting quarterback this year. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I think he's taking every game, like he's not taking every game lightly. You know, like you said, like this is the first, he doesn't have, you know, Chris Olave, uh, who, who, uh, Garrett Wilson, um, you know, Justin Fields, uh, Jamison Williams, like, the the players that he's had like have been crazy, you know. Right. Um, and then even this year, like you got Marvin, you got the uh a, a bouquet, you you got those type of guys that are obviously great talent, but you don't have that tool, you don't have that quarterback to where it's like you put it any like just uh uh what was his name last year? Um who's the quarterback? CJ Stroud. Yeah, like he's putting it on the money, like on the run, uh in the pocket, like just the throws that he was the throws that he was making. I mean, you, you, you make up for a lot of, you know, mistakes and things like that. And so you see the game that C.J. Stroud played against Georgia. Like, you know, if any other quarterback is in that game, you know, outside of probably Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, it's, it's not that type of game. So um, I'll, be, I'll be definitely interested to see what he does. I do think this is, you know, um, this could be Ryan Day's last year if they don't, you know, get to the playoffs. I know they got to the playoffs last year, but fans weren't, you know, excited about the, you know, the way it ended. So 
I think if, you know, he doesn't get to the playoffs, it could be, you know, the fan base could be, you know, putting some fire under his seat, which is crazy, though, because it's like, I mean, he just came to – he just went to the playoffs, but it's it, that Ohio State, you know, fan base, they they don't play. You walk – you open the door, so I'm going to go ahead and walk through it, you know, with you two Ohio boys. Uh, right. What, what's up with the Cavs, huh? Oh, the cap, the cap, cap, cap's in five. Yep. Oh, oh, oh what? Cavs, Cavs, <laughs> Cavs in five. Cavs in five. Like Jalen, no, Jalen Brunson, great. I'm real. Oh, um, for yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. Chicago, that, that Chicago boy came through there and let y'all know. Oh, here we go. Game one, like, yeah, this was that's this is what's up. It's 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 gonna be tough because we we're I was watching a matchup and it's like we had Seti Osman on him. Um, I really I don't know. I thought he was good in a second. I thought he, I thought he bothered him for a while with his limp. For a while, yeah, for <laughs> yeah, for a while. And I, and the, the only reason why he probably didn't have more, or the only reason he didn't have more, is because he only played, I think, four minutes in the first quarter because yeah. he had two fouls. So yeah. I mean, we we lucked out. So yeah, it's I, it's it's. I'm gonna say cat. I mean, I don't. I realistically, I I hope the Cavs win it in six, but um. I we do we we got it we got to get somebody for Brunson because you know obviously Don, we need Donovan to get thirty five every game. Donovan got to play both ways. He's gonna have to yeah. be hardest. Yeah, he got to play both sides. We got to get Donovan to play. We got to get Donovan to get thirty five. DG, he got to give us twenty at least, and then Mobley. I think Mobley whoa, is whoa, the X factor. Hey, Donovan got to give you twenty. He only take what ten shots a game, maybe. I think he had twenty last. Didn't he have twenty last game? That's a that's a high though. That's a high average for him though. Yeah, we 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 need the we need the best. Like it, they're they not, they not gonna get the, they're not gonna win the series if they don't play their best. Like, yeah, that's true. Jared Allen gotta like stop we, boxing out and go for the ball. He over there. Trying yeah, to we don't. Yeah, re, we, facts. We got to rebound. We our guards need to help rebounding for sure because I know people say we got two seven footers on the team and things like that, but you know if they get in the long rebounds like they like they did that that, that uh, last possession of the game, like our guards got to help box out and you know crash the boards as well. Yeah, Darius had 17. He had 17. Jared Allen had 14. I think Dar- man, I think Darius Garland is the key. I'll be honest. I love that kid. I think he can take a lot of pressure. Because you know, once it gets into the fourth quarter, four five is gonna do his thing. Like Donovan mm-hmm. is gonna do yeah. his thing. You know, if Darius can kind of just control things for the first two and a half quarters. And then let Donovan just ease his way into the game and do what he does. He's one of the best in the fourth quarter. I mean, what he did to score that seventy-one against the Bulls early in the season—he almost—I didn't, I didn't even want to show my face on the podcast the next morning. Yeah, against the, the I was the like, Bulls. The Bulls is another story. Don't even talk about it. <laughs> don't even talk about it. I, you know, and you got the general manager talking about they're gonna run it back. I'm like, all right. Right. We know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, once again, golfing with legends, Notre Dame versus Navy, 2023, August 21st through 28th. Three rounds of golf on the seasides. Port Stewart Golf Club, Art Glass Golf Club, Island Golf Club with Notre Dame legends at exact underscore tours on social media. Give them a call, 914-979-2247. Or you can go for pricing and more info executiveglobaltours.com backslash Notre Dame. My special guest today has been Sean Crawford. 
Uh, before you go, let everybody know where they can follow you. I'm sure all the Notre Dame fans know, but fans that might be watching, that might not be connected to Notre Dame, let them know how they can follow you and stay in tune with Varsity House Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the podcast um, on all uh, social networks and even on YouTube, it's Varsity House Podcast. And then, you know, personal account, Sean Croft 20. Sean spelled the right way, S-H-A-U-N. Um, Croft, C-R-A-W-F 20. So uh, definitely give me a follow. We'll, we'll um, continue to just obviously, as far as the podcast, continue to post some episodes. Um, our next episode is featuring Kyle Hamilton. So we get we got him on talking about, obviously, his rookie year with the Ravens. Um, you know, the transition from college to the NFL, talk about he's back in school as well right now, uh, finishing his degree. So um, talking about that, but also talking about last season and his thoughts, you know, watching it from afar instead of being on the field. So definitely check that episode out when it drops. Um, he's the second highest, uh, second highest graded pro football focus safety or defensive rookie or something like that? Yeah, I believe so. And it's crazy because he started off, every everyone was, you know, Trashing them, like <laughs> so we we talked we talked we we talked about that too, and so nah, it's it's a good conversation, and you know I love having those conversations. We got to get we got to get y'all you know on the Varsity House podcast for sure. I've been I've been trying to get Malik, but the busiest man ever. Um, right, so we do it in Ireland. You know we got to do it the best. We're gonna do it in Ireland. All right, bet. It's and, and we go and that's that's gonna be a fun trip because it's gonna be a ton of people out there. I just saw Golik was going. Um, it's gonna be a ton of people out there that you know. Obviously, we get content with, so I'm excited for that. You know, aspect of it too. Are you in town this weekend for the Blue and Gold? I will. Game? I will be in town this weekend. I have no idea what you know what day I'm pulling up, um, but I will be in town this weekend. Just you know, show face rub some elbows and you know got got to get a look on you know on the squad this year i haven't seen you know i haven't been to any practices this year or talked yeah. to many guys this year so i'm excited to see you know obviously sam um i'm excited to see the, the, some young receivers step up obviously new tight end um and you know this new oc this new what uh before I, before i hop off malik i want to get your thoughts on on the new oc and what you think uh you know what you think is in store for notre dame offense this year well, you're not going to see too much of a drastic difference. If anything, I would like to see the offense go 60% past 40% run and use the run for more effective, you know, big game type of, you know, get the defense off kilter type of runs. Uh, throw some Tyler Buckner in there for some packages. But uh, I'm expecting to see more from the receivers. <laughs> We're not going to be a heavy tight end, heavy just 12 set, gonna run the ball up the gut which is going to be good for us because I do think we have a lot of talent at the receiver's uh, position that Sam Hartman can unlock. Uh, Not that Drew Pine couldn't, but I just don't think Drew Pine was the best fit for what we need to be doing if we want to win the championship. So I'm expecting us to be a top five scoring offense with Sam Hartman at the helm because we can pass now and, and, and we're not, not like we can't run either. So now we can run and pass. I think it'll help our defense that has been, you know, in my opinion, the lead of the team for a long time or the foundational uh, support being of the team. But now I think that uh, offense will get on board and and pull this part to where we'll be a threat if we make it to the playoffs. We won't just be a team that got it by uh, enough points. Man, I totally agree. Is that that's your pup? That's your pup, Sean? Hey, first three and out, we want yeah. Drew Pine gone. 
What'd you say? I said that's your pump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What would what, you say? The first three and out. What? First three and out. We want the we want the OC fired. <laughs> no, I was gonna ask you what 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 breed do you have? Oh, I have a Jack Russell. I try, I I put him I put him away for a little bit and now he's starting to get agitated. So yeah, stop breathing dogs. What's a Jack Russell? Didn't you have to cross that thing about three four times? No. In the Jack, Jack Russell. Jack Russells are one of the best breeds, man. In, is that a purebred? That's not a purebred, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a mix. Uh, I thought it was like a wiener dog and something else. Bro. You said a wiener dog, bro? I'm not I'm getting a wiener dog. A wiener dog. What <laughs> uh, them, uh, them shih tzus or something. Ooh, weird. On that nah. note. See, this, is how t- <laughs> this is how disrespectful he gets, dog. Either you get a pug or a pit bull. It's either one. Pug, huh? Pug got too many uh, like breathing problems. Yeah, that's true. It's about how you take care of it. If you have an out of shape pug, of course, any out of shape no, dog. That's no, that's no, no. Any out of shape dog got breathing problems. Come on, man. Take out a dog screen. <laughs> Sean Crawford, once again, thanks for joining us today, man. We look forward to having you back on the closer we get to the season, bro. All right, appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Oh, who you got? You got Tanker Ryan Garcia this weekend. Oh, tank, tank, easily, okay. easily. Yeah. I like Ryan well, Garcia. Hey, really? we gotta, we gotta link up and watch it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You'll be in town. You'll be in town. All right, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. We'll all be in all town, right, so we gotta link up and watch it. All right, Sean. All right, have a good. Right. Appreciate you guys. Yes, sir. Thanks once again. The great Sean Crawford joining us right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left. That was, you know what? That was a promotional interview to promote the golf, but it just turned okay. into like. Yo, it was great talking to him, man. We'll be right back on the other side. Marcus Freeman, the presser, everything he had to say. Can't wait to see what Left has to say about this. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. 